Hello, guys. Thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Happy Tuesday. This is my second video for the day. So if it looked familiar, if it looked the same, I'm filming back to back here. So I have a word of the Lord today. Um, and as you can see from the thumbnail, we're talking about the silent assassins. Silent assassins. God began to minister this word to me as it relates to silent demonic assassins. And the way he actually ministered this and downloaded this to me was he wants us to deal with those silent killers, those silent things that um, it's not like your typical um, um, demonic attack, right? This particular type of spirit is a silent killer, which is why it's called silent assassins. So basically, these are the type of things that the enemy brings to us, but he uses us instead of other people to actually self-sabotage our own destiny. So God wants me to deal with the spirits. Um, he gave me eight different types of of spirits that he wants us to deal with in this hour um, as it relates to not the outward attack from the enemy, but it's the inward. So we're going to be dealing with the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions and the thought process. So he began to speak to me about these different type of silent assassins that the enemy, if he can't get you to sin outwardly, what he begins to do is set up those monuments. He get up to set up those altars and set up those um, things in your mind and in your heart that would begin to um, have you um, fight against yourself. So it's him influencing you, but it's us succumbing to the influence. So let's get into it. So the silent demonic assassins that unknowingly destroys spiritual awareness and it destroys spiritual growth. And these are the hidden things that the enemy would use because he can't get you to outwardly sin. And sometimes these um, attacks look like this. They'll look like maybe he can't get you to steal, he can't get you to fornicate, he can't get you to um, blaspheme or do whatever sin it is. So what it is, he's, he begins to send other people sometimes with their issues so that they can, you can sin through their situation. That's another way he does it. You may not do it directly, but then he'll bring someone else to get you to come into agreement with something that is not of God. Agreement to eat still together, agreement to lie about something because he can't get you to do it directly. But what we want to really focus in on today is that silent killer, which is the silent sin within, because Jesus says the enemy is coming, right? But there's nothing in me that is in common with him. You can only be tempted with something that you are in common with. So the silent assassins, he began to give me uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, the first one we're going to deal with is the spirit of compromise. And this spirit looks like this. It looks like a need to fit in or be accepted. The spirit of compromise, because we don't want to not fit in. I'll give you a good example. This is the best day to actually teach this word as I am teaching on October the 31st. This is Halloween. 
So a lot of Christians cannot seem to separate themselves from Halloween. They can't seem to not look at the scary movies or not dress up or dress their kids up or participate in events at their jobs or with their friends for the sake of fitting in. And this is how the enemy used that silent killer, that silent assassin, which is the, the um, um, spirit of compromise. Um, and as believers, we have to we have to separate ourselves. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. You know, you even see in James 4 and 4, it says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world because becomes an enemy with God. You are in direct conflict with the kingdom of heaven when you agree with the world, when we go with the flow. We're not, we're not meant to go with the flow. We're not meant to fit in. But it's something about what's in us that is in common with that spirit of compromise or with that, what's in common with whatever he's presenting to us. Because for some reason, we just can't seem to tie ourselves away from worldly events or things that don't glorify God. And a lot of times, we need to look further into things and not just as, at the surface. Sometimes at the surface, it looks cute. You know, it's just candy. It's just, you know, Halloween candy. It's just costumes. But then when you, when you begin to dive in and get to the origin and to the root of what something is all about, you begin to understand that this is a satanic holiday. And it's a lot of people on YouTube that used to be ex-Satanists and people that used to worship the devil that tells us, they love when Christians participate in things that are not godly in, in Halloween. They love it. That Satanist does because they know that that's a real thing. And even though you're passively agreeing, you don't realize that that opens the door to demonic activity in your children's life and also in your life. So I'm here today to sound the alarm. I'm here today to be a watchman on the wall for the house of Israel. I'm here today to let you know that the spirit of compromise, God is not having it. He said he'd rather for you to be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. He's not with the one foot in, the hokey pokey Christians, one foot in, one foot out. And when you need them, you're in there. When you're not, you're doing your own thing and everything seems to be going right, you're okay. But, but God wants your allegiance to him 100% of the time when things are going bad and when things are going good. It's not about when things are going bad, okay, let me call on God so he can set, set me free. The second out. point he gave me, guys, was the spirit of self-sabotage. This is a spirit where you can be fighting God, but not even aware that you're fighting God. A spirit of self-sabotage. Again, it's similar to the spirit of compromise, but this spirit gets you to sabotage your, your blessings and your, uh, the things that God has for you uh, by way of thinking that you're fighting the enemy, but you're really fighting God. Some people preach in the name of God, but they preach against God in the name of God. And this is the spirit of self-sabotage. So we can see this if we look at the scripture. Uh, we begin to see this in the book of Mark chapter 7, verse 20. And it, this is when Jesus began to talk about what comes, uh, what goes in you is what defiles you. 
because they were talking about what people could eat, what they can't eat. So he began to speak in Mark 7, um, verse 20, it says, and he said, what comes out of a man is what defiles a man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulterers, fornicators, murders, thefts, covetedness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these things, evil things, come from within and defile a man. So we're talking about sabotage. This is how we self-sabotage because we go against the word of God and the enemy can get us to self-sabotage if he can't come directly and do it. He uses us. He uses what's in common with us, what we are tempted by, right? God tests, but the enemy tempts and there's a difference. So when we're tempted, falling into temptation is because you're tempted by what was already in you. And the book of James talks about that. We are only tempted when we're tempted by our own selfish desires. A person that don't drink um, can't be tempted with someone that tries to give them alcohol because they don't have anything in common. They don't like it. They don't desire it. So the desire has to be there in order for you to self-sabotage or be tempted to um, self-destruct your own destiny. And if he can't do it from the outward in using other people, he'll use you to self-sabotage your own destiny and your own promise, right? So we have to be vigilant. We have to be aware and not ignorant of the enemy's devices. And how we do that is we continually do self-examination uh, and, and ask the Holy Spirit to show us those things in us that are not of God. And then be willing to submit to God what the word says to do about it and then resist the devil and the bible says he has to flee it's a submit and it's a resist so we submit to the word of god and we resist the temptation and so therefore the enemy has to flee then um, the third bullet point he gave me was the spirit of pride um, we see that in john first john 2 and 16 the spirit of pride and this one um, is a silent killer as well because a lot of time with pride we don't really recognize the spirit unless we are truly humbling ourselves and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to us those things that are not of God. So 1 John 2 and 16, it says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but it is of the world. We first of all have to get delivered from a worldly mentality, a worldly spirit. Again, wanting to fit in, fear of missing out, fear of not fitting in, fear of not having fun. We have to recognize and know that we are in the world, but we're not of the world, right? So that's the spirit of pride. And then he gave me bullet point number four, the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear. And we see that in the book of Proverbs where it talks about fear. Of course, we know in 1 Timothy, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we know that anything that is fear related is the devil related. So let's go to Proverbs 29 and 25, and it reads, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So therefore fear is directly correlated and tied with the enemy. It's not of God. The Bible says it. And then if we look at this, um, even in Galatians, we look at Galatians 1, chapter 1 and verse 10. This is where Paul talked about um, not being afraid of man. He said in Galatians 1, 
verse 10, for I do not persuade men or God. He said, for do I do, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. So in other words, you can't please God and please man at the same time. And a lot of times the fear of man, right, is directly tied to um, fitting in. It's directly tied to people are afraid of confrontation or you have those bullies in friendships or those bullies in family or those bullies on the job. And that's fear of confrontation, fear of standing up for yourself fear of what people think about you, fear of not having or an image that you want to portray, an image um, that is not of God, basically. You want to pretend like you're something that you really, you have something that you really don't have. So a lot of times fear of man will keep us, that's the silent killer as well. Because what it does is the, the fear of man breaks down those healthy boundaries and those healthy things that we ought to put in place so that people don't run over us and so that people don't use us and the enemy doesn't use us as a doormat. But because we're afraid of people and we're afraid of not fitting in or we're afraid of um, not being a part of the clique, um, we tend to like just not put those boundaries in place and allow things, allow the enemy to come in through people. And as a result, it's really a self-sabotaging spirit because if boundaries are in place and the hedge is up and you don't really care what people think and you know that you've been accepted in, in the arms of the beloved, which is Jesus, then you have a more bolder stance and a more firmer uh, foundation. But when you don't, you fear everything about man, right? And so that's another silent one that God wanted us to hone in on. Also, number five, the spirit of bitterness spirit of bitterness and that is a spirit that tr that comes in sometimes after the rejection and after the abandonment and after um, 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 you know the unforgiveness sets in and then it, when it's not dealt with it goes into a bitter root and that's where you don't want to be that's a bad place you don't want to be so we look we see that in the book of Acts uh, chapter 8 verse 23 it says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So those two spirits work hand in hand. Bitterness works hand in hand with iniquity. What is iniquity? It's lawlessness. It's sin. So we know that you cannot be bitter without being in sin. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. Why? Because God doesn't want a bitter root to grow on the inside of you. That's why you have to be quick to forgive and quick to repent. You can't let it set up. And a lot of times that's a silent killer. That is a huge, that's, that one is huge because it's de directly tied to unforgiveness and it's directly tied to um, rejection and abandonment, bitterness, getting people not including you in things, uh, uh, people don't like you. Um, you know, you're outcasted, you know? And so we see this in Mark 11, verse 25. It says, and whenever you stand praying, and if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. So when you don't forgive, there's a bitter root that starts to, to grow on the inside. And we know that stress causes all kinds of this sickness and disease. It's directly tied to that. So we know that if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. And that's huge. 
That's huge. You want your prayers to get through. Your prayers are hindered when you don't forgive others, when we hold on to things, when we have been abused and, and we may well be well within our rights, but we have to know that vengeance is God says the Lord, he will repay. And so we have to let it go and we have to begin to love on people and bless them in spite of it. I know it don't feel good. I've been there. I've, it's a constant thing. Trust me when I tell you, but you have to do it. You have to forgive and you have to forgive completely. 77 times seven, completely, not a little bit. God forgives us completely. He expects us to forgive others. And trust me when I tell you, if you're a believer and you're walking with Jesus, all have been tested in this area. Please believe that. So then the other point that he had given me, guys, um, let's see here in Proverbs 15 and 1. I don't want to skip that scripture because he gave me that as well. And that talks about a gentle answer turning away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Sometimes your answer for people is a gentle answer. I cannot tell you how many times that I have had to give a gentle answer when people want to debate over the word. They want to tell you what uh, what's the new Israel, what's the old Israel. They want to tell you all these things about the extra books, uh, Tom, the lost book of Thomas. The, all these things doesn't matter. It's souls that matter. It doesn't matter about all these other things. Oh, we the real Israel. We're the real Hebrew Israelites. We're this, we're that. Um, that's not the real Israel. Don't even believe. Who cares? The enemy love, those are the silent killers. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the blind. And when you entertain those comments and those debates, all it is is a distraction to pull you away from God and to pull you away from praying and putting up the hedge and fighting the devil. He wants Christians to fight each other instead of fighting him. And I'm telling you, he is in this hour and sowing offenses left and right. And Christians are taking it. I'll take that one. I'll take that one for 200. I'll take that one for 300. They taking it left and right instead of looking at it as deception and looking at it as a distraction. They think it's an all uh, full blown attack on them. So just because somebody wants to debate and wants to debate the word of God and go back and forth with you and plant all these seeds of offense and plant all these seeds and they get upset because you, you said something and it may have been offensive. And instead of them going to God to cleanse their hearts, they come and they try to do a video about you. It's all kinds of crazy stuff that's happening right now. And the body of Christ is buying into that foolery. They're buying into it. But God says, vengeance is his. Let him take care of it. Keep your eyes fixed, focused, and locked in on prayer and on his presence. Because I'm telling you right now, with what's going on in the world, you're going to need his presence. If you're not steadfast and if you're distracted by every little thing and attracted by every little thing that happens and you get into these debates and fights with other Christians about things that don't even matter, that has no eternal value, it has no value. God is interested in souls. He's interested in mercy, the weightier things. He's not interested in you being right. When you become saved, you have to die to self. You have to give up your right to be right all the time. Sometimes you just have to digress. Let people fight by themselves. I call them people that fight by themselves. The people that, the, the, the people that go into the empty rooms and start fighting when ain't nobody in there, that's what they're going to have to do with me. 
because I'm not in, I'm not going to be swayed or pulled into debates and arguments and debating scripture and going back and forth. If you feel that you, you know, we missed it, then start your own YouTube channel. Then you get your own audience, but don't try to come and convince me of anything other than what's in the word of God. And that's the way I stand. And I stand 10 toes down with that one. So then the other thing he gave me was um, the spirit of grief and the spirit of loss. And which is really sad because a lot of times when we lose loved ones in our lives and we experience a, you know, a death of a loved one or a loss of um, jobs or loss of careers or businesses or loss of homes or loss of um, you know, family members or friends, friendships or marriages, a trauma or a loss, uh, maybe a car accident or a loss of a limb, loss of any kind of trauma or any kind of pain that results in a loss. Sometimes that's a silent killer. And what that spirit does is it likes to keep us bound in grief and sorrow. And even though we are, it's okay to mourn for lost loved ones, don't get me wrong, because I lost two parents two years apart. I lost everything I had within a span of probably three or four years. House, marriage, I lost it all, guys. I lost it all. But I'm telling you, you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. As much as you want to stay there, you can't. You have to let God heal your soul from the pain and trauma. Even people that have lost lambs, there has been doors in the demonic realm that has opened up because of the trauma. Any type of trauma, grief, loss, or um, any kind of sickness that you were diagnosed with, those are avenues and gateways for the enemy to come in and start to plant all these seeds of bitterness, of unbelief, of doubt, of unforgiveness, of uh, anger towards God, all that stuff and anger towards people. Those are gateways. The Bible says, guard your heart for out of it is the issues of life. Above all else, you have to guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence. So the spirit of grief and loss is one that, um, you know, that one that actually is one that is a silent killer because you don't think it, nothing is really going on because you're in grief or you're mourning or you're in trauma has hurt you. But those are doors that the enemy will use to come in and wreak havoc in your life if it's not guarded correctly and if it's not stewarded. How do, what do I mean by that? That if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to heal you, if you're not allowing and giving everything to God, if you're not allowing him to fill all the pain and all the voids and all, from all the loss and the confusion. So that's one of the, one of the things. And then um, we see in Psalms 147, the Bible talks about loss. It talks about grief. And it says in Psalms 147.3 that Jesus heals the brokenhearted and he bind up their wounds. So we have to allow him to do that. A lot of times the enemy, what he does with this silent killer of grief and loss, he wants us to keep looking in the past. It's hard to go forward while you're still looking back. You have to give it to God. He wants to keep us in the past. So that means he wants us to forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. We should remember that God heals the brokenhearted and bind up our wounds. But what he wants us to um, remember is all of the the loss and the pain and all of the trauma that we've gone through when we should be remembering the goodness of God and the joy of the Lord to be a strength. 
That's how you gain your strength. That's how you begin to allow God to heal you. But if you're always looking at the horrible things, isn't it amazing that we can look at the horrible things and remember them, but the good things, we can't remember anything? especially about people. We can remember all of the horrible things they do, but we never remember any of the good things that they ever done for us. It's amazing to me how the enemy will want you to forget what you should remember and remember what you should forget. So we have to allow God to do the healing right there. The other thing that God wanted me to hone in on was number seven was the spirit of FOMO, fear of missing out. That spirit is a silent killer. Because a lot of times people think they have to keep up with the Joneses. They have to be in competition. They have to be keeping up with everything that's going on, the latest style, the latest everything, this and that. And what it really is, is a silent killer because you're keeping up with something that you should not be keeping up with. And you see that in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So God doesn't want us to covet. He doesn't want us to um, be in a place where we are constantly uh, have to think that we have to keep up with other people. Our ministry has to look like someone else's. We have to talk the way they talk. We have to do that. I've seen people that mimic mannerisms. They mimic, mimic voices. They mimic, mimic the way people act. It's such a covetedness and it's such a spirit of competition. It's unreal. They have to buy what they buy. They have to try to compete with them silently. And for what? For what? That's a person that has poor self-image and don't really have an identity. That identity needs to be found in Christ Jesus, not in other people and what they have in materialistic things or in just their lifestyle. People try to mimic other people's lifestyle, their mannerisms. If it, it, it goes all into even coveting their husbands or their wives, all kinds of stuff. So we need to stay focused, guys. And then the last one he gave me was a spirit of codependency, where we're feeling like we cannot make it unless we're always around people. Sometimes that spirit comes by way of a pet that we are all wrapped up in a dog or a cat or whatever you have. And it's crazy. So the spirit of codependency is people lacking the boundaries. Listen to this. People lack boundaries because they have a high level of neediness or in sight terms, codependence, people who are needy or codependent have desperate need for love and affection from others. To receive this love and affection, they sacrifice their identity and remove their boundaries. They sacrifice their identity for the sake of being codependent. So because they have a, such a need for love and affection that they don't get from God, they try to get it through people. They try to get it through places. They try to get it through spending on things, trips, clothes, people, it groups, being a part of something, a clique. God has not called us to that. Our life should be a life of peace and rest and expansion in Christ Jesus. That is all I have for today. And I just pray today in the name of Jesus that if you are bound in those areas that whom the Son has made free is truly free indeed, you have to know that you are loved with a perfect love. The Bible says the perfect love of God casts out all fear. It's only then 
that the fear leave and that we begin to walk in the fullness and in the joy of the Lord that is truly our strength. I hope this message helped, guys. And until the next time, thank you for liking, commenting, and subscribing. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, you can sow into the ministry if God leads you to do that. But until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.